0: You are listening to the Curiosity Podcast, a podcast aimed at equipping future changemakers with the skills that they need to thrive. We discuss business frameworks, exponential technologies, mental health, and living the life that you want to lead. We release an episode every second Thursday and can be found at curiositypodcast.ca. Curiosity Podcast. Today we are joined by Kimberly Liang, who is a 17 year old cellular agriculture researcher going into the MT program at UPenn next year. At the Cellular Agriculture Society, Kim is working with founder Christopher Gasteratos to publish the first cellular agriculture textbook in the world to be published by Elsevier. At the University of Ottawa, she is working at the Pelling Lab to find media alternatives to fetal bovine serum for maximum growth of mice myocytes, fibroblasts, and adipocytes. So I'm excited to see what those really mean. <laughs> and I'm very excited to get into all of your research. So if you want to add anything to that introduction or just say hi, go ahead. And I'm excited to get into our conversation.
1: Okay, yes. Thank you, Nilo, for that intro. So hi everyone who's listening to this podcast. I'm Kimberly and you've pretty much covered a lot of my cellular agriculture stuff i've worked in the nonprofit space as a research fellow at the cellular agriculture society and you briefly touched on the stuff that i've been doing on the research in academia space at the pelling lab um but i also worked briefly um in the startup space as an intern and i'm just generally really excited about food and technology so that's kind of how i got into cellular agriculture
2: Yeah, thank you so much for being on our podcast, and so your first ever job was being a research and business intern at Higher Stakes, where you were working with the CEO and CSO and also Dr. James Rutley on biology and food science research, and you were looking into sophisticated bioprocessing systems to design specialized and textured meat types, so we're really curious, like, how you got this position, and how did you go about getting your first job out of high school, especially doing research?
1: Okay, yes, it's good that you mentioned my first job because before I wanna like talk about how I actually volunteered as my first like thing that I've done in cellular agriculture. So I'd suggest for any like high school students who are interested in getting like a job in a tech space where you typically need a lot of experience to first just go about volunteering your own time and your efforts into building your own portfolio. So I actually first did work at the Cellular Agriculture Canada. And it's like a nonprofit that uh, another student at TKS actually is now the director of. So uh, she introduced me to that and I got some experience. And from that, I was able to get an interview for the higher stakes is the company I worked for over the summer. So I think like generally just offering your services for free and learning skills first is a good like way to get your foot in the door.
2: Yeah, for sure. And. From that experience, what would you say are the top three things you learned while working there?
1: Yeah, so my first one would be that you shouldn't be afraid to reach out to anyone, um, even if they are like seemingly intimidating because of their like specs and how, how many years of experience they have on the job. I would just encourage everyone who's an intern to take the time to learn from the people around you and make those connections because that's why you're there. My second piece of advice would be to be ready to be humbled because thinking that you know something and reading about it for a lot of time and even having previous work experience doesn't necessarily translate on the job and like you're going to have things that you don't know and it's it's good to come in with that mindset that you're going to learn and it's okay to start from ground zero again and then my third piece of advice would be to keep reading on your own time and to find ways like whenever you're done like a project that you just finished, reflect on it, ask your like mentors for advice, and just keep trying to improve your skills throughout and ask for like uh, tips and also feedback so that you can get the the input you need to improve as well.
0: Those are some great action items and so during your internship what exactly were you working on was this like cellular agriculture research i know i was mainly just like was it mainly just virtual research what did that kind of experience look like for you
1: okay yeah so my internship kind of had three different parts the first section was mainly understanding the academia space and knowing how to do searches for them so whenever I worked with the CSO during this time. So whenever the CSO had like a specific problem she wanted me to tackle, I would just like dive into the technical aspects and give it to her and give my thoughts and ideas. So it was like more just like a research part and then my second position was with the uh, head of the bioprocessing so that was trying to design um, like a bioreactor so in the cultured meat like if you're not familiar how cultured meat works essentially you take cells you give them like some media like nutrients fats all of that that they need to keep growing And then you put them in a scaffold and then you put them in a bioreactor so that they can keep proliferating quickly at a fast pace so you can get the your like final product of meat so the bioreactor provides the right like environment for the cells to divide um, at like a cheap rate so that was my my like task essentially to dive into that space go into like a specific problem that higher stakes was working on so higher stakes is a company and they're trying to do pork belly and bacon from like just cells. So I was working on that. And I wrote like a little paper at the very end, a three section paper on how like the company could address that. And then my last part of the position was working with the CEO directly. And I was doing like the VC investor side. So the business part.
0: Okay, very interesting. So cellular agriculture, you were working on it for a specific meat, but it's basically growing animal products from cell cultures instead of livestock and how exactly did you get interested in this because this was obviously you know your first role was working with higher stakes but we know how you got the role we don't know like what actually sparked this interest for you and how did that influence what your last few years of high school looked like as well
1: okay yes so I actually have been a foodie for like basically all of my life, like I've been super food obsessed. I just really enjoy I, li- I like sharing it with other people. But then starting from like school, I would say we were always told like, oh, the food industry has such huge environmental impacts. I remember specifically in like second grade, my teacher was talking about and she showed this whole like documentary of how animals were being slaughtered in slaughterhouses and the terrible conditions that they go through to get the food that we have and i always was like why is it like this like why why can't we produce food more sustainably so that like seed was always planted in my mind but it wasn't until i was in like the knowledge society and that's how i first heard about cellular agriculture and I was like really intrigued. So I learned by reading papers, I was watching videos, reaching out to experts in the field. And then, like I mentioned, I I, I got onto this project for Cellular Agriculture Canada, initially like doing a pathways. So Cellular Agriculture Pathways, which is essentially a resource that um, like a lot of students worked on. And we compiled um, like essentially how we can get into the, how to get more youth into the field. So like what majors you should do, what problems need to be worked on. And then from there, it was like a jumping off point for me to get exposure and internships. And it kind of just like blossomed from there. As for how like my high school was affected by that, I would say I uh, coming into high school, I had the mindset that I, need to, I needed to get like perfect grades and I needed to like do all the conventional things Get like these extracurricular activities under my belt in order to be successful. But then going in from cellular agriculture, I kind of found my own like passion and something that I was really into that I would spend time doing just for the sake of learning instead of trying to get some sort of like external validation. So it just helped me reform my mindset for learning.
2: Can you explain what cellular agriculture is to our listeners that have not like heard it yet, just like in brief? simple terms
1: yes okay so cellular agriculture has two different sections that you can break it down to so the most common one that we talk about is usually like cultured meat which is essentially making the same meat like pork beef like anything essentially that you eat on the typical day fish poultry that kind of things like the same exact meat down to the molecular level but you use the stem cells or like a cell line and you do it in a lab so you don't have to kill any animals but you still get the same product and it tastes the same but then there's acellular agriculture which is like milk it can be honey it can be like a lot of different things and it it doesn't involve any cellulose like living cells but you still have like you can produce meat products. So essentially cellular agriculture is getting meat products but without killing any animals or involving them in a minimal process.
0: That is super interesting to hear about and I know you know so much about cell lag because I've watched you give talks on it so definitely if you're listening into the episode and you want to learn more about cellular agriculture and the science behind it, Kim has done things on that as well going more technical which is really interesting and I know right now you've Transition from a few other jobs in this space to now being a research assistant at the University of Ottawa. So, what exactly are you working on here? I know I mentioned it in my introduction for you, but it may have sounded like a little bit of gibberish because there are some complex words in there. So, can you explain what you're doing uh, in this role and also how you transition to this role?
1: Yes. Okay. So, it kind of stems down all the research that we're doing there to the growth media, which is a portion of the process. So I kind of like mentioned it briefly before, but the growth media is what you give the cells for them to proliferate without them being in like an animal body. So they usually incorporate like a, a certain amount of fat, some blood and like those kind of things so that the cells have what they need to keep growing into the structured meat that you want at the very end. But the biggest problem in cellular agriculture right now in order for us to get like the cultured meat on our shelves is that it's super expensive. So media is really expensive and also it usually derives from fetal bovine serum or FBS, which is essentially baby cow blood, um, which isn't ideal. It's not very ethical because you don't wanna keep killing baby cows in order to create artificial meat like that kind of defeats the whole purpose so what we're doing at the lab i'm doing it with an amazing researcher Um, her name is nikki and she essentially is like working on a project where you do you make media with the growth factors needed to proliferate the cells and make sure that you have cultured meat but without fetal bovine serum and in a more affordable way so the like different types of cells so the myocytes adipocytes the things that you're the fibroblasts the things you were mentioning at the beginning those are just different cell types like muscle fat and like connect pre-connective tissue that we're trying to work on having this media work so that they grow and proliferate.
2: So you're working on like very innovative uh, and exciting changes within the space but apart from what you're working on what do you think will be the greatest innovations within the field of cellular agriculture in the next one to five years and how do you think this will change, you know, current society.
1: Okay, I actually think a lot of the work will have to do with consumer acceptance in the field, because a lot of people have potentially, like, some biases towards lab-grown meat. Like, when you hear the word lab-grown meat, it doesn't sound the most appetizing, you know what I mean? Like, no one really wants to eat anything that's grown in a lab, and that's what we're working on at the Cellular Agriculture Society. It's education towards the field. So there's, like, obviously a lot of companies in the field who are close to having their, their like, products on the market, or some who already have, like, just they already have chicken nuggets in Singapore that are approved to be sold. But like for the field to really succeed, I think it has to do with getting people educated on the benefits of cultured meat, trying to get the price down so that people can afford it. And then just generally like building interest in a market in that. So I'd say like, culture like consumer acceptance in a culture shift is really important
0: that makes sense and i think that's also what you're working on with your textbooks like scientific communication all about changing the consumer mindset and raising awareness around this field so can you tell us a little bit more about the textbook and how do you get started in creating this this textbook because that's very interesting to me and i'm curious as to to how you you started working on this and what made you want to pursue this project
1: okay yes actually i first want to preface this textbook i'm just like a small little like piece of the puzzle for it there are 90 different authors already like on the textbook and it's been in the works for a really long time but cellular agriculture society christopher he first started a project for the textbook in 2018 actually with Elsevier so that it would be published to educate people about the field, everything about it, like the science, the business aspects, the consumer acceptance, how like other organizations can be a part of Culture Me as well. So like there were tons of people in the industry uh who were consulted while making the textbook and they wrote chapters and i just wrote like one chapter for it um and that was like i was the lead author with the youth chapter and there were other authors as well and this chapter mainly had to do with how youth can get involved and what the future of cellular agriculture means for people who are looking for employment in the field and also for people who like who are Wondering about what the economics could be with how people would purchase it so that chapter is what I basically worked on, but there were so many other people and the purpose of the whole textbook is so that. uh, Anyone like academics and also uh, people who are just curious about the field, they get like an in depth breakdown that has been fact checked um, and they can read about it and learn so much for the field if they're interested.
2: And I'm sure this textbook is going to be like an amazing resource for people trying to like get into the field of cellular agriculture. But, you know, when you were learning, the textbook didn't exist. So what did you use to kind of learn about this field? And do you have any like best resources out there that you would like recommend to others that are looking into the field?
1: Yeah, so I mainly read research papers and watched YouTube videos. But I an amazing resource that I would recommend is a site actually called Cultured Abundance. And what they've done is they've summarized some of like the biggest companies in Cell Like, their patents and how their technology works. So if you're like curious, you're like, oh, how does like a chicken nugget get made? And what like technology is this company using? Sometimes they break them down like detailed and it's like really easy to understand versus the like 100 plus pages that you would typically read if you were to try to look at a patent. Another resource that I recommend is just going on like medium and searching up articles because a lot of youth have actually taken the time to break down like the technology and like explain it in like simple to easy words so that that would be like my first starting point and then past that you can reach out to other people and learn about it that way by just like getting involved
0: I love that advice yes there are so many resources now to learn about like any topics of interest so having a few really nice resources to start with is great before you branch off start reading papers and things like that there are a lot of starting points even if it seems like the amount of resources can be overwhelming on the, the internet and something else that we wanted to ask you about was you know this balance because you were a very active high school student outside of school and inside of school and you're also planning universities in grade 12 i know grade 12 can be a very hectic year so can you tell us a little bit about like how you did go about balancing um, like high school and applying to universities and your cellular agriculture re- research uh, and any tips that you would give to people trying to manage their time, especially in grade 12 busyness?
1: Yes. So I feel like busyness is something that we all kind of like have to deal with at certain points in our, of our life. Like there are going to be times where you feel like like the work that you have on your plate is overwhelming and you can't really handle it. But I I just whatever like those times hit for me I always am reminded that like everyone has like 24 hours in their day like the biggest CEOs have that time and so do you as a high school student. So, it's more about like not trying to limit the amount of things that you do based on the time you have, but trying to use your time effectively. So, the way I do that is I try to spend less time like on distracting things that I don't think are adding value to my life. Like I deleted social media, and I know not everyone has to go that route, but like even shallow things that you're doing in your life, like spending too much time responding to emails instead of doing work that actually like makes you happy and makes you like drives you the first step is being mindful of how you're spending your time and the way i did that was just like tracking everything on google calendar i know some people do it manually but then also being like upfront to all your activities and like everyone who's involved in them to about like how much you're willing to commit to every everything like it's important to reflect on what brings you joy and what doesn't And then pick the ones, the activities that do bring you joy and like really go deep in them because you're going to get the most out of it. And it's also fair to the people who are like also in that activity that you are 100% whenever you show up. But other than that, I would just say like try to use your time effectively by like going deep and trying not to have like too many things going on. So when you're working on like let's say I was writing my textbook when I was writing my textbook I wasn't thinking about like responding to someone on like social media or like I wasn't thinking about like what I was gonna eat the next day like try to like be in the moment so that you can use your like concentration effectively and then you don't have to spend more time like doing something you can like cut down and then fit everything.
2: Yeah definitely those are like great tips. Another thing you have to like learn how to do grade 12 I feel like more often than not is that you have to learn how to make decisions as to where you want to apply for, you know, university. And so you made the decision to apply for early admissions at UPenn, and then you also like look into the MIT program. So can you like talk about like why you made the decision of applying early for UPenn and like any like you know pros and cons you learned along the way, and then also like what drew you into the MIT program.
1: Yes. So, I feel like for applying to universities, you see often on the like YouTube videos I applied to 20 like universities and this my like decisions reactions. For me, it was like, I really just wanted to apply to a couple that I really felt like would help me grow at, and the institutions that I actually really cared about. And also, I personally like studying at, in the US is really expensive. So I only applied to institutions that gave need based financial aid to Canadian students. So that was like a filtering aspect for me as well, um, but I, I would. I would say like the reason why I chose the m and program and UPenn specifically was because UPenn had like looking at their alumni they had a lot of people who had done like extraordinary things and tried to actually implement real world change like Elon Musk like Warren Buffett like I'm sure you've probably heard about them but then the MNT sp- program specifically allows you to do like a double major in business and engineering. And those were the two aspects that I dabbled in in my internship and I really enjoyed. And I didn't wanna like restrict myself to a specific major yet. So I wanted to be able to do both paths. And I think they're pretty interconnected. Like when you're thinking about reducing the cost of like a business-minded problem, reducing the cost of media, you have to think about the engineering aspects of how to do that. So having both sides was like the perfect solution. So I was pretty set on UPenn, which is why I did early decision.
0: Well, congratulations on getting in, that is amazing, and I'm sure it'll be so exciting to, to be in the U.S. next year, going to university, so many changes, but I'm very excited to see what you end up doing there, and I'm sure it'll be an incredible time. That kind of brings us towards the end of the episode, but we always love to ask our guests for three action items based on what we talked about today for our listeners.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, I I've, I've like been listening to your past episodes, so this is very exciting for me. My first one is to do things that challenge your brain. That you're like intimidated about doing because those are the things that will help you grow the most. So, like for example, if you've been seeing like research papers, um, they usually use like really complex language if you haven't read them before. But I would say, like, read that research paper or start that line of code. Um, do things that feel like too complex for you to understand now because you will like build your skills and you'll be able to understand them later. And that helps you build your confidence on what you can do and also pushes you to expose yourself to new knowledge that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten to know. My second one is to build meaningful relationships with other people. Like find people who are interested in the same things as you and learn from them and build friendships because you will be able to like help each other out and also have your worldview opened by their perspectives. And my third thing is like work on your yourself, find a way to prioritize your mental health and your physical health, because when you feel better, you think better. And also um, like the journey is trying to enjoy it. You want to be able to be healthy and live a long and happy life. So like know that your journey will happen at different paces and in different directions than the people around you, but it's important to embrace that like ambiguity.
0: Those are great action items, Kim. Thank you so much again for joining us today. It was really fun to talk to you on this episode.
1: Thank you so much for having me.